This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning. Certainly is a a blessing to be here this morning, and if you consider yourselves a visitor, we're especially glad that you're here with us. Uh, I certainly appreciate the prayer on my behalf, and I certainly need it this morning, and it is my prayer and hope that the things that I present to you will be a blessing to you, that they will encourage you in your walk with, uh, with the Lord. As you can see on the board this morning, I want us to consider the topic of thankfulness. And I can guarantee you one thing this morning, if there's one person that needs to hear this in this building, and you're looking at them right now, because this is a topic, you know, this is not a new topic. We've heard it several times preached from the pulpit. Uh, We know that we're supposed to be thankful, but I know for myself, I fail at it so miserably so often. And and in fact, I'll I'll share with you a, a sad story about myself this week. In the middle of studying and preparing a sermon about being thankful, I was guilty of doing the exact opposite. We had a trip planned this week. We took a day trip up to, to Branson to Silver Dollar City. And we you know, we finally set aside some time. We all took off work and like, let's just go up on this certain day and go up to, to Silver Dollar City. We're kind of overdue for this trip. And as we looked at the forecast, beautiful weather forecast, except for that one day we're supposed to go. and. It just put me in a terrible, had a bad attitude about it. Like, are you kidding me? Am I being tested here? You know, the one day we're going to go do this, 60 to 90% chance of thunderstorms. And so we load up, and that morning we see that the forecast starts getting changed. And they keep bumping those thunderstorms to the late afternoon. And sure enough, we didn't get rained out till very late in the afternoon. It ended up where the park was, you know, wasn't empty but you know it's pretty nice you can get on the time traveler if you've ever been there time traveler and outlaw run without a rate weight just walk up and ride it turned out to be a beautiful day perfect weather and here i am with a fat it took quite a while for me to even realize how unthankful i was and then it hit me i had that moment of clarity probably after we got there like wow how unthankful am i here i am on a paid day off with my family, we're in good health, we have a comfortable vehicle to ride in and air condition to take this trip of enjoyment. So what if we get rained out, so what? And here I am complaining about these things when a lot of people don't even have that opportunity. So I need this this lesson more than anybody, but hopefully the things that we look at this morning will be a benefit to, to everyone. I've titled the study, Being Thankful is More Than Saying Thanks, because we know that saying thank you to God is important. And in no way am I trying to discourage us from doing that because that is crucial that we we demonstrate our thanks by our lips, by the things we tell God. We need to to tell Him that we're thankful. But what I want us to consider is what's really in our heart because that's the gist of our thankfulness. What are we indeed thankful or do we just say these things? Our first scripture this morning is Psalms 30 and verse 4, which says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. And we did this very thing just 
We just finished singing several songs to God. And that singing honors God by recognizing Him, what He's done for us. And so what I want us to think about this morning is how thankful are we in our hearts? Are we really, really thankful for what God has done for us? Now this verse says, give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. And if we're honest with ourselves, how many times do we really remember His holiness? Do we really go through our lives thinking about that? Because if we don't really realize that throughout every day, then we're not going to give Him thanks sincerely. Thankfulness is, a, is such a key part of our relationship with God because if we're not thankful for God, we're never going to really live up to our potential in His service. Those who remember God serve Him and they proclaim His holiness at every remembrance. And again, being thankful is more than just saying it, just saying thank you. Again, that's important, but it's more than just saying that. It's about showing your appreciation by the way you live. Being thankful is a way of life. It's something that we demonstrate by the things we say and things we do. People should be able to look at us and say, that man is thankful. And hopefully we have that, that uh, lifestyle that others can see that in us. You know, from a very early age, one of the first things we teach our children is, hey, say thank you. This person did this or they gave you this thing, say thanks. And at first, you know, a little bitty kid may not understand, you know, what that actually means, but we ingrain that in them as a show, so, a show of respect. Say thank you. That is, that is the uh, good manners to do. And as, we, as the child grows up, we hope that they begin to realize why they're saying that. And that same thing is true for any of us at any age. We say thank you to God at our meals. We offer thanks, but are we really thankful for that or are we just saying it as a common courtesy? Psalms 136 and 26, O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endures forever. In other words, it keeps going on and on. Throughout our day, when we really think about it, God keeps blessing us. Blessing, 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 blessing. It never ends. But we often lose sight of that. And how often do we thank God? Are we thanking Him again and again and again with all those blessings? Uh, probably not. I can only speak for myself, but I know that He blesses me far beyond the thanks that I give Him. We can look at the children of Israel. You know, it's easy to pick on them because they were in a system, you know, we have it so easy in this country in a land of freedom, but they were under bondage. They were, they were worked hard. They served the people of Egypt. They were slaves. And God delivered them out of that slavery. But He didn't just deliver them out of that. He gave them a promise. I am going to give you this great land, this land flowing with milk and honey. He rescued them from that slavery, but how did they treat him? You know, they were probably thankful at that moment, but then it wasn't long after that, as we know, they started, they started to complain. And they, he even gave them food, manna, that all they had to do was go out and collect it. And they started complaining about it. And that is so very true in our lives as well many times. You know, God does us, does so many great things for us. And spiritually speaking, He has taken us from sin. 
We're no longer under the bondage of sin. And yet, are we thankful for that? Or do we forget about what God has done and kind of live a life of complaining? Are we any better than the children of Israel if we're not thankful? And God provides every need for us, both physical and spiritual. And He gives us what we need, but when you think about it, God doesn't just give us scraps. He doesn't give us just the blessings to, to scrape by. You know, we live in a land of excess. We have way more than we actually need. But in spiritual terms, God doesn't just give us just a little bit that we can make do with it. God gives us more than we need. Has, if we're honest with ourselves in our spiritual life, has God ever held anything back from us? I think we, if we really are honest, we can say, no, God has given me everything I need and then some. This point is made in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, which says this, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. He gives us all sufficiency so that we can abound. Now, if you look at that, there's a whole lot of alls in that verse and the word every. All, all, all. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. You have all sufficiency in all things that you can abound to every good work. In other words, God has given us everything that we need to succeed in His work. Are we thankful for that? In spiritual terms, or in physical terms, when we woke up this morning and decided to to get ready to come to church this morning, I'm going to guess that none of us were in a position where we literally were concerned, I don't have any clothes to put on. I don't have a garment that I can wear this morning to church. Maybe we've never been in that situation in our life. It was, it's, it's always a matter of what am I going to wear? What am I going to choose to put on this morning? How many people don't have that? There are people that really, they struggle to even have a garment to put on. But here we are with just choices of what we're going to wear. And again, a lot of times we complain about those things. Oh, this is, this is an old outfit. I wish I had new clothes and so forth. You know, God blesses us beyond measure. Also our food. How many of us this morning are truly concerned saying to ourselves, I don't know if I'm going to eat today. I may go hungry. I, I hope that I can get some food today. And is there anybody in here that's, that's really concerned about that? Is there anybody that has ever been concerned about that? It's a matter of what am I going to eat? Again, God provides us more than just our basic necessities, and we are so spoiled in this this country here in this land of excess. And we lose sight that God provides for us even our basic needs. And that's, that's why I'm not discounting that it is important, so very important to say thank you to God, but to realize why we're saying that. Even the basic needs, God, you provide that for me, even my daily food and water. And then when you think about the spiritual things like the Bible, you know, we, we often let this book collect dust on the shelf. At any given moment, 
I can turn to the Word of God. I can now these days. I, if I have internet access, I can pull up the Bible on my phone. I can pull it up. I can you know, go to the written Word. If I don't have one, I'm sure somebody would let me borrow it. We've got Bibles sitting on the on the benches here, but. How often do we neglect that blessing that we have the truth right at our fingertips, but we don't take advantage of it? How many people, even to this day, don't have that? They can look at us and say, wow, they, that is an ungrateful people there. I'm sitting in prison. I might be put to death for carrying this, and this person is letting it sit on the shelf, not even, you know, doesn't even care about it. Very important that, that we are so thankful for what God gives us. As, and it needs to be a sincere thanks and not to take this book for granted. Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 through 20. A certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, the foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Most of us, I, mean, I don't know everybody's complete history in this room, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably most, if not all of us, have never been homeless, truly homeless, where we don't know where we're going to sleep that night or if we're even going to have a bed. As a parent, could you imagine your kid coming to you and saying, Daddy, where are we going to sleep tonight? And how many people do struggle with that? That's a reality for a lot of people. That's not something I don't think any of us are experiencing and how thankful we should be. And here, a man comes to Jesus and makes this bold claim. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. And Jesus says, hang on. These animals, they have a den, they have, the birds have nests. I don't even have a place to lay my head. Think about what you're saying. You know, you're making this bold claim. And we make that same claim too. Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And we know from the examples of the apostles too, they, they said, we're going to even die with you, Jesus. Well, what happens? Every one of them forsook him and fled. We've got to be careful in our life that we're not just making these you know, vain claims, or I'm going to do this, but really mean it. Really understand that and be thankful for, for what we have because Jesus himself says, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Luke 17, verses 12-18. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And so here we have Jesus. He's coming into a village. And it says that ten men stood afar off. So they must have been at a distance. So maybe they're calling out to him, Jesus, have mercy on us. And they're at a distance. So he's probably, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they believe, they believe him, they trust what he says, and, and they went to the priest and they were cleansed. But as we know, how many of those men were thankful for that? And that was a big deal. These men had leprosy. And you know, we read and study about that. We probably really 
would understand it more if we dealt with it or if we could see that happen in our society. Unfortunately, it doesn't. But that's a big deal that these men were healed. In verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And there's some significance in that. And the Samaritan was the one that gave thanks. Jesus even calls him a stranger. You would think it was somebody that may consider themselves a child of God that was at the time a Jew, somebody you know, that, that was of that group of people. But Jesus said, this stranger is the only one that gave thanks for this. Now, I work with a lot of numbers, so I'm immediately running these numbers here. Pretty easy. One out of ten. Ten percent of the people that were cleansed was thankful. Ninety percent of these men were not, didn't even take the time to say, thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for changing. This was a life-changing event. Thank you, God, for this great thing you've done for me. And I think this is kind of an illustration of the world today. God cleanses everyone. He gives that invitation. You can have your sins cleansed from you. And many that even have their sins cleansed don't turn back and give thanks to God. And we can't afford to have ourselves ever in that position. What does it mean when we give thanks? Why is it important that we vocalize that thanks? What it is, is it's, it shows that we recognize that God did this for us. We acknowledge that we received something that, for example, this man here, he was cleansed and he made that acknowledgement. God, thank you because I understand that you cleansed me. This was not something that I brought upon myself. You did the cleansing. And so when we go back, you know, Jesus says, and when he tells us how to pray, uh, thanking God for daily bread is one of the things he mentions. And that seems such a small thing to thank God for our daily bread, but it's, it's just an act of humility. God, I didn't provide this bread for myself. You gave it to me. That's an act of, of humility, and it's the right attitude we should have. And we could go on and on about all the material blessings we have, but the greater gifts are those that are the spiritual gifts. Have you ever received a bad gift? I think if you've lived long enough, you're going. somebody's going to give you something. Maybe it's not bad, but it's just something you really didn't need. Like, I didn't really care for this. I really don't appreciate it that much. That is never going to be true with God. He, God is never, never going to give you a gift that is bad. James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Gifts from God are perfect. They're complete. The gifts of this world, you know, we may get a brand new vehicle and that's great, but at some point, you know, you've got to maintain it. You 
you have repairs, whatever it may be in this world, nothing in this world is a good gift or a perfect gift. The gifts from God are those that are perfect. And again, about the Bible, what a, how great of a gift is this book because we don't have to worry about anything in this book being incorrect. We don't have to worry to think about, yeah, is, this, is this right? What a blessing it is that we can turn to this book and know that these are the words of life, that this is God's written word. That is one of the good and perfect gifts that God gives us. 2 Corinthians 9 and 15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Now this is talking about the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. The unspeakable gift. And that does not mean we shouldn't or we can't speak about it. If you look at the, the Greek for unspeakable, it's anektiegedos, which means indescribable. This is an indescribable gift that God has given us. Jesus Christ, the salvation in Jesus Christ is indescribable. We can't, words can't even do justice for the gift that God has given us. We know from John 3 and 16 that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for the world. So we can't even, we can, we can and should talk about that gift and proclaim it, but really we can't even do it justice. It's such a great gift. Jesus tells us in John 15 and 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love hath no man, has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Perhaps the sobering thing is that Jesus considers us his friend. You know, there's a saying, with friends like that, who needs enemies? And... A lot of times as I look at my life on a daily basis, wow, am I really a friend to Jesus because I sure don't act like it a lot of times. But Jesus says, he's speaking to all of us, there is no greater love than a man laying his life down for his friends and you are my friend. Wow, that is, that is some blessing that we have there. A friend that is willing to die for us. You can't, you can give people a lot of things, but you cannot give them more than your life. There's nothing more than you can do that. Jesus says that right here. There is no greater love that you can do than give your life for somebody. And Jesus did that for us. I have a friend that was not just, he didn't just lay his life down, he was crucified. He never committed any sins. And he was crucified and he paid the price for my sins so that I could be victorious over my sins and live with him in eternity in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. But thanks be to God which giveth, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God deserves our thanks. And we know that he does not get that Thanks, not even close to what he truly deserves. Back to the story of the lepers, it was 10% of the men that were cleansed actually gave thanks to God. 
Perhaps in our life, we may only give Him 10% of what He deserves in our life. There is, there's no excuse for us to be unthankful. We have a, uh, a message here about some men that, that were unthankful, that knew about God, that knew His goodness, but yet didn't recognize it. In Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and, and 21, we read this, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Most people simply refuse to recognize God. They're not appreciative of Him at all. And that's a pathway here that leads to destruction. We've got to be careful. You know, we heard a message last week about drifting off. And we've got to be careful because very easily, if, if we are not thankful and we don't live a thankful life, we can very easily drift off and are in danger of being someone like this that we, we know better. We know God but we don't give Him the thanks that He deserves and we just drift away from Him. We're told here in verse 20, they are without excuse. There is no excuse for somebody that knows the goodness of God but turns away from it. This idea here, vain in their imaginations, that caught my attention. What does that mean? Vain in your imagination. What is that? that talking about and as I go through verses a lot of times I will try to put the opposite or think about well what is the opposite of vain in my imagination well maybe humble in my reality as I thought about this kind of made a comparison here vain in their imagination somebody that is vain in their imagination they have the mindset, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I've got my eyes, you know, I could have, I can and I should have more or something greater than I have. Life is all about me. Vanity. Life is about me. And I don't appreciate what I have. I covet what I don't have. And that is where somebody that is vain in their imagination, it leads to a foolish heart that is darkened. If we go back to that verse, and their foolish heart was darkened. Vain in their imagination. They've got their, maybe their head in the clouds. They really don't understand the reality of things. And the flip side of that, or the opposite, is humble in your reality. When you're humble in your reality, you realize the truth that God has blessed me beyond measure. He has given me so much. Also, life is not about me. It's about serving God and serving others. And then finally, I am thankful for what I have. God's grace is sufficient. And with that mentality, you're not led to a foolish heart that's darkened. You're led to a wise heart that is enlightened. Enlightened with reality. It's our reality that God has blessed us and that we should be thankful. You know, Satan has been successful at leading people into a, a virtual reality or an alternate reality. He's got people confused. 
and they have gladly accepted that message. And one of the things that Satan has done is he's made people think and truly believe that church is really not that big of a deal. We can be okay if we're just good people. We don't really need the church. And he's got people living in that alternate reality and truly believing it. But as we think about thankfulness and the gifts that God has given us, what about the great gift of the church? God has, has allowed us to join the church. He's allowed us to be part of Christ's body. How thankful are we for that? The Apostle Paul understood this. In 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 15, he says, And I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious. But I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How thankful are we that we can be just like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had fault. He was by no means a perfect man. He even says, he even calls himself, I am the chief or I am chief of sinners. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I used to be a blasphemer I used to be a persecutor. I injured people. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love in Christ Jesus. The same, we can take that same mindset and we need to realize that we have that same opportunity. Everybody does. Are we thankful for that? If we have taken these steps, are we really thankful? The Apostle Paul says, I thank Jesus Christ. He's enabled me. He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Do we thank God that He counts us faithful and He puts us, he's put us in the church? Christ died for every single one of us. And as we look around this room, we see a blessing that is beyond measure it is a group of like-minded people that we can we can share our troubles and triumphs we can encourage one another like-minded people and what a blessing that is but are we truly thankful for God do how often do we thank God for the church and for those in the church Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So the Apostle Paul says, I cease not. I don't ever stop giving thanks for you. Is that true for us? Can we honestly make that statement? Can I say... I never stop giving thanks for all of you. Or is it closer to say, I haven't even started? Because I know for me, it's closer to the second thing. I haven't even started giving thanks, making mention of you in my prayers. Now we talked about the physical blessings versus spiritual blessings. And in my mind, how do you separate those? It's 
with the physical blessings, you can put a, a, value, a dollar value on those things. For example, if, if somebody came up and, and told us as a congregation, hey, we love this land, we want to offer you $50 million for this partial building and everything. And we may consider that, and like, well, that, that's a good deal. Uh, we'll take it. But if they say we'll double it and we'll split the proceeds evenly if none of you guys ever talk to one another again, you know, you know what happens then? You can't put a value on the fellowship that we have with one another. You can't put a dollar figure on that. That means it's a, a good and perfect gift because you can't put a dollar value on the good and perfect gifts of God. Philippians 1 verses 3 through 5. I thank God upon every remembrance of you. This is real similar to the last verse we reread. The Apostle Paul says, every time I remember you, I thank God. Verse 2, always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And again, we have every remembrance, always in every prayer for all of you. The Apostle Paul, he understood how important every member of the church was and it's something that we need to take to heart because there's so very few people in our lives or in our world today that they couldn't care less about the gospel. So we need to make sure that we appreciate one another beyond value that we have one another. You know, if you've ever collected anything, a set of something. Each one of those items within that set, you, you want to preserve that. You know that if you lose one of those items, well, now you long, no longer have a set. You're going to do whatever you can to keep that thing intact so that it's valuable or retains its value. Well, do we consider the church like that set? If one of us, if only one of us goes missing or is damaged, you know, how much value do we put on one another? We cannot afford to lose one person in this building. Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. This looks somewhat like a model here of thankfulness. You know, we have, first of all, let God rule in your hearts. You know, let God in your heart, let Him truly rule in your heart, Him number one. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. Sing out about it. Sing praise to God. And do that with grace in your hearts. Let it be a sincere uh, sound that's coming from you. And then finally, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your words and your actions, whatever you do in this life, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You think about... A child that gets a gift. If you've 
sure we've all been to a, a kid's birthday party and they open this gift and it's whatever it is, uh, maybe a toy, and they get this thing and they're sharing it with their friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is the greatest thing I've ever had. This is the greatest day of my life. And they just can't contain themselves because this thing in that moment, this is the greatest thing they've ever had. How, do, how does that compare? We have the greatest thing ever that's been given to us. We have the gift of Jesus Christ. We have the Word of God. We have the plan of salvation. We've got the Gospel. Do we have that same appreciation for it? Are we just, I've got to share this. This is the, this is the greatest day ever. This is, you have to see this. You have to see this. Or are we more like, we just bury it. We're embarrassed by it. We don't share it. You know, where, where do we fall in those two extremes? Hebrews 13, verses 15 through 16. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Again, that the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. To do good and to communicate, forget not. Don't be forgetful to communicate with others, to do good. And this is considered a sacrifice that God is pleased with. Part of that, the sacrifice of praising God continually. Hebrew, or Psalms 105, verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalm, psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. So there's no mystery on how we express thanks to God. Right here's a pretty good outline, and this would probably be a good thing perhaps for us to make a checklist for as we examine our, ourselves. Maybe we put these things in a list, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name. Have I done that today? You know, make known His deeds among the people. Have I done that today? When was the last time I've done that? Sing unto Him. Sing songs to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. When was the last time I did that? Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. That's the gist of all of this. Is your heart rejoicing this morning? I'll leave you with one uh, final passage in closing. I think this kind of sums things up here. It's in Psalms chapter 100, verses 1 through 5. Psalms 100, 1 through 5 says, A psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. I hope these things have been a benefit to you this morning.
we have not spoken on the first principles, but maybe if you've obeyed the gospel and maybe you feel like you haven't lived a thankful life and you need help with that, uh, we invite you to come forward at this time as we stand and sing, and we'll be glad to offer prayers for you and help you any way you can, any way we can. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you know what that means, if you haven't been baptized and you know what it means to be baptized, we urge you to do that this morning because none of us are guaranteed another breath of life. We have a baptistry right here, and really the only thing that hinders you from being baptized is yourself, and we plead with you, don't hinder yourself any longer. We stand and sing at this time, and we offer an invitation. If you be of either class, please come forward and have a seat on the front row while we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.